Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Going There. Another week. I never say welcome back to Going There, but welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) We have a fun, exciting guest today. We have Tracy Strawberry. Welcome to Going There. Oh, thank you, ladies. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We are so excited to talk with Tracy. Tracy is an author and has a lot of other experience in a lot of areas that we're excited to speak with her about, but she has a book coming out and we're excited to chat with her about that. But Tracy, why don't you just start telling us a little bit about you so we can get context of who you are, what you do, what's your life look like, relationships, hobbies, all that. All that good stuff. Well, most people are familiar with me because of my husband. So I am married to the amazing Daryl Strawberry, who is a former baseball player, major league baseball player, but now is just, I'm so proud to be his wife and so amazed at what God has done in his life. So he's a traveling evangelist now, and he has been for a lot of years, you know, traveling about 265 to 285 days a year. And we are in ministry together. We have different calls. So we have this running joke where he catches them, I clean them. He's the evangelist. I'm the teacher in the word of God, but we both have a powerful story. Most people are familiar with my husband's story, but not mine. And I was lost in a life of addiction. I grew up in an amazing family, learning about God, loving Jesus, all of these things, but there were seeds that were sown very young when I was young, just molested by a neighbor. You know, I call them breaks in our life. There are things that happen in our life where there's good seed being sown that God intended. And then there's these afflictions of the enemy. There's these things that happen to come in and choke the seed of God to drive us away from God, be angry at God, put us on another path. So I know that now, but I didn't know that then. Grew up in a loving family. These things would happen to me. My life would escalate and I would experience victories, but I started drinking young, hanging around with boys young. I was married young, had three beautiful sons young, and my life spiraled out of control. I was lost in addiction and I lost custody of my three beautiful sons. My oldest was 10 and my twins were nine. So they were young and I was battling a life of addiction. And ladies, I found myself like this at the age of 30, like God, can you rescue or save a woman like me? I made all these huge mistakes when I was 20. I didn't listen. I wouldn't surrender my life to Christ. And I thought, God, do you have a plan for me? Can you come in, heal the wounds of the past? Can you come in and clean up the wreckage? Can you come in and give me direction? Do you still have purpose for my life? And the answer is an overwhelming yes. Hmm. Oh, Tracy's ready to go. I know. I'm already getting emotional. I'm getting emotional with that because I think, you know, before this podcast started, we were kind of telling you a lot of our listeners are in their 20s and maybe creeping into their 30s, maybe young moms, maybe just graduating college. And I think everything you just said of like having to surrender at 30 saying, I've just ruined a lot of my life in a worldly view. I'm at rock bottom, but could you come in, God, and change this course? And I think we can really get in our heads of thinking, okay, I've made these mistakes. This is the direction I'm going, and there's nothing I can do about it, so I might as well lean in. And it's like you do have to get to that rock bottom where it's like, well, I have nothing else. So 
could there be another way for me? And you were open to that. And then God stepped into your life and worked. And then it changes the whole trajectory of your life and generations after you. So I'm I'm already emotional, excited, just like thinking about the girls that could be hearing that and be hopeful about how their life could go from here. Yes. Well, Jesus, I mean, he is hope. And all he is ever trying to do is get us back on track and into the original plan, the original design that he created us in. We were created in the image and likeness of God, which means we're powerful. He created us with a purpose. God is not confused. God does not have this beautiful creation and have no plan for their life. So he has a plan for their life. And again, reiterating, ladies, that the enemy comes in. And there's choices that we make, so we allow doors to be open. And then there's choices we don't make. There's things that we do not ask for, and those are called afflictions. And God is always sitting right here with his hands wide open and just saying, my daughters, come back. My son, come back. I will meet you right where you are, no matter how old you are, how young you are. I have the plan for your life. I have the design. But we have to surrender to him. And that was my problem. I would not surrender. I just kept going on in my own way. I kept living outside of the boundaries of God, thinking that I was going to find love through lust. Well, if I just give myself to this man, then he'll love me because he'll walk away if I don't give myself to this man, especially in today's society, ladies. I mean, sex is just sex anymore. It's no longer sacred. It's just sex. And we think we can catch lust or love with lust. Lust can never be caught and it can never be kept. And so we set ourselves up for these patterns in life where we continue to hurt ourselves and put ourselves out there thinking that this can be the way. This is how I will get him. This is how I will win him. This is how I will keep him. And that's just one enemy, that one lie that the enemy tells us. But there's hope. There's always hope going back to what you said. There's always hope. Jesus is always waiting to get us on the right path once again. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Well, talk to us, though. Obviously, you have had a really close experience yourself and your husband with these issues. So why do you think so many Americans struggle with addictions? What do you think in our world today? Like what pushes people there? And yet, why is that such a big issue in the first place? Addiction really is not the problem. So let's start with that. Addiction is how the inner problems of the inner human being is showing itself. It's how it manifests. And why do we have an addiction problem? Because we have a sin problem. We have a broken generation problem. And we have unhealed wounds in our hearts that manifest. And so addiction comes in to try to soothe to try to disconnect us from a reality that we're in, there's a break. Remember, I talked about those breaks early on in life that come along. So the enemy will use unhealed wounds that we just run and they grow. So addiction in America today is when you think about, let's take the modern family. The modern family is no longer traditional. The modern family today is a blended family. And can God grace your blended family? He absolutely can. The original design is not for divorce. So divorce causes a huge break when we run and live our lives separated from God. And then we have children. And I'm speaking from my own personal experience, not judgment. So we want to help some people today in the love of God and the power of God. And I had children 
I did not train them up in the ways of God. I did not train them up in the love of God. They saw dysfunction and they saw hurts and harms. There were many breaks in their lives when they were young. So guess what? When you grow up and those wounds are not healed, or you don't have a pattern of a pathway of living out God's way, or you were raised the right way like I was, and you reject and you don't go that way, then there's fruit. There's evidence of the life that we live, number one, by choices. And then there's evidence of broken hearts, deep betrayals, things that have happened to us that show themselves as addictions, addictions in many forms. I like to call it dysfunctional loving and dysfunctional living. It creates these patterns. So we can talk about drug addiction and alcoholism and those kinds of things. But there are many other things that show themselves from this dysfunctional loving and dysfunctional living by living apart from God and not having the deep wounds healed inside of us. And we as adults dealing with the things that our parents didn't deal with and dealing with our own destructive patterns that need to be arrested and changed through the power of God and the process of change. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, in our culture today, we maybe would view addiction as, you know, a drug addict or alcohol addiction. And we kind of think of those or even sex addiction is like talked about a lot more in today's world. But I think a lot of us have these things that we escape to. So we've talked some before in our podcast about, okay, obviously Netflix is okay, but are you using it to escape or this or that? You know, all these things that we can kind of shove those emotions down. You talk about dealing with those things instead of maybe going to counseling or working through hard feelings. It's like shove them down, shove them down, shove them down. And how can I do that? By avoiding. And so if we're walking in community with other believers, with Christians, with our spouses, with friends, what are some things, even if it's not like, hey, you're deep in a drug addiction, what are things we could be looking out for? Red flags of like, hey, I see something in you that you're not processing through, you're not dealing with, and I'm seeing that play out in unhealthy ways. Yes. Patterns. Let me use that word pattern. And I like to say, pick your poison, right? For any kind of manifestation and looking for these red flags. A pattern of behavior results, again, in a cycle. A pattern is a cycle, correct? So if you are listening right now and you say, my gosh, how do I keep ending up in these dead-end relationships? Why can I not find my value and I feel a heaviness of depression that's on me all the time? Why is it that I can be successful in college? I can be successful in school. I can be successful in my career, but I can't be successful in love. There's a pattern. There's a dysfunction. There's a pattern of displaying itself, of something that's hurting you and harming you and keeping you away from your greatness. So identifying that pattern, number one, because I think we've all sat down and said, my gosh, why do I keep ending up here? Why does this keep happening to me? Why am I like this? We need to answer those questions. And when we begin to identify the pattern, that's the first thing, admitting that, oh my gosh, there's this thing in my life whether it's dysfunctional loving or dysfunctional living, anger, depression, I'm closed off. I don't trust anybody. These are all evidences of betrayals, unhealed wounds in the heart. Something has happened and now we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and heal our heart. But then we also need to look at our approach. Do I go running into relationships very quickly when the Bible clearly tells me to guard my heart above all else and to make that person trustworthy? 
purpose of dating is to look for character, godly character in a person. Are they trustworthy? So they call when they say they're going to call. How do they live their life? Where have you met this person? How do they handle their finances? These are all biblical steps that are practical application. And God gave these things to us on purpose to be on the lookout for. So we don't set ourselves up for heartache. Most people want to run into love with desire. Desire. Oh my gosh, they just make me feel good. They posted me on on social media, whatever the case may be. But I'm going to ask you, what's their character like? What's your character like? How do you two engage in life? So these are different things. And I know I'm throwing many things out there because people are dealing with many different things. So look at the pattern of behavior. Am I living my life according to the word of God? Because that's our direction manual for life. That's our protection. That's our power. If I'm living outside of those boundaries, I'm compromising. Now I am inflicting self-betrayals upon myself because I'm setting myself up for a heartache. I'm setting myself up for a life pattern of dysfunctional loving and dysfunctional living that will hurt me. So identifying those patterns, taking practical steps, like ladies, you had mentioned, maybe even going to counseling, godly counsel, because sometimes we need to sit down in front of someone else to help us figure these things out because we don't know, we can't recognize, and there's nothing wrong with that being completely sold out for Jesus, being engaged in church, being engaged in Bible study, being engaged in the word of God, because that's our direction manual for life. If I get in my car and I don't know where I'm going, I turn on my GPS, right? Why? Because I need to know where I'm going because I need to get there. We need to know where we're going, people. We need to know how we're getting there. And God's Bible is the direction manual for life. It's the most beautiful book. It's very powerful. It doesn't restrict us. It empowers us. So these are some simple ways that we need to allow ourselves to get lost into instead of saying, ah, the Bible, ah, church, don't want to do that. Don't want to get boring. It's this, it's that, and the other thing. I understand. I was once there and I paid a horrible price for that, but it's power. It's love. It's how we experience who God is who you are and where he wants us to go and how we get there. Tracy, you're saying so many good things. And one thing I keep going back to is like everything you're mentioning is I think just this overwhelming sense of we really have to be humble people. We have to be able to humble ourselves to recognize how broken we are, how just things that maybe we have done that have been unhealthy or maybe things that have happened to us. I mean, some of those things maybe we controlled, some of those things are out of our control. And I think just first and foremost, coming to that and humbling ourselves to say like, what is my pattern? What is my unhealthy thing that I run to? Why am I always consistently getting here. What is that? And so I think in that humility, we, I mean, you're saying that, like, we have to know the truth of this guide that we have the ability to read and interact with every single day. This person, Jesus, that we can have a relationship, we have to pursue that because that is going to be our guide of where we get that truth. But I want you, with all of that said, I want you to talk to the person who, just like, where do you even start? Obviously, you have been to rock bottom. You are like, I have been there. But like, all of this stuff sounds amazing. And I love that. And I love that the hope and the power and the promise that you know, obviously, because you've spent time with Jesus and you've spent time digging into that. But like, talk to the girl right now that just is like, I don't even know where to start. Maybe I have the problem, but like, I don't even know if I have a person that I can talk to about the problem. Talk to that person. That's fantastic. First of all, that's why I wrote this book, The Courage to Heal. 
It's out. It's an easy thing. You can get it instantly. You can get it right now because people who are hurt or who are desperate, they're looking for something right now. Get the book, The Courage to Heal, because I keep it real. I talk about my dysfunction. I talk about sleeping around. I talk about looking for love in all the wrong places. I talk about identifying these wounds. It's a good base. It's a good place to start. Then if you are not in a Bible-based church that's teaching the word of God. It's going to take courage. Hence the title of my book. I talk about this, having courage to look for a Bible-based teaching church and show up. And Sunday comes around every single week. So there's not too long. Go into a church and say, I'm new. I need to meet people. I don't even know who Christ is. I don't even know how to walk with Christ, but I'm going through stuff. Churches have many things to offer that people don't take advantage of. What we need to understand is that we need to go to the church. We need to go to Jesus. He's waiting for us. He has the whole setup for solution and friends and hope and help. Get into church and get into a Bible-based teaching church. Those are two ways that you can start right then and there. And the reason why I don't say, oh, just pick up a friend and call them on the phone, because I don't know what kind of friends you have. Friends are the power of influence, and friends can get you into trouble. You can pick up the phone right now and not have someone that you're walking with that's not serving Jesus. And I'm not judging them because I was the same way. You can pick up the phone and say, I'm going through this. And that person can say, let's go to the bar and get a drink. Come on. Come on. Let's just go hang out. It's really you know, not you that just bad. Need to have a good time. Yeah. It's really not that bad. You just need another man, you know, this kind of thing. And that's just going to set you up for another brutal heartache and another brutal heartache, which keeps hurting and harming our hearts. I want you to know whoever's listening right now that you're worth it no matter what you've done, that Jesus is waiting with open arms, that he's going to heal you and he's going to empower you. So we must run to Jesus, run to Jesus. And how do you start that? Run into the church house, start talking to him right now. Just talk to him. That's prayer. Say, Jesus, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know, but I'm hurting. And Jesus, I don't know you. Jesus, I'm mad at you. I talk about that in my book. I was angry at Jesus. I'm like, what kind of God allows sexual molestation of a child? What kind of God allows while I was out of my addiction, I was brutally raped. What kind of God allows these things? God, I've been married two times. I've been through so many heartaches. These things happen to me when I'm little. There's people listening right now. You're identifying with all of these things. Hear me. The enemy will try to keep you away from God. With those questions, thinking that God's the one that did this to you, he did not. So hear me real close. The enemy's trying to keep you away from Jesus, the healer. The enemy's trying to keep you away from the very power that will save you, transform you, and heal you. Jesus is the healer. It's the power of God. That can only be experienced through a personal relationship with God and practical application. And God will empower you to live for him. So we have to watch our practical patterns who we hang around with, who we invite in. I needed new friends. I needed new connections. I needed the courage to walk into the church house. And I talk about me walking into the church house with my cleavage showing, short little skirts, smoking my cigarettes outside of the church house, putting them out in the church parking lot, saying, okay, I got to start somewhere. That's how I started. Get in church, get my book. That's the purpose of books. They're resources to help you. You can get that right now and start aligning yourself to dive into Jesus, to run to Jesus and to get to know him. That's where you start. Well, 
You talked about kind of just who you surround yourself with. And so you and your husband have some similar past things that you've walked through. What does that look like in your marriage? Have you guys worked through and processed things on the same timeline? Has it been opposite? Have you helped one another? How has it been hard? Talk to us a little bit about that. That's a great question. I came to Christ and surrendered myself to Christ, sold out first. When Daryl and I first met, I was running to Jesus and he was running away from Jesus. So you can even see by my hand gestures, the two want to become one and we want to love and we want to be connected and we want to be together. But attraction brought us together. Our past experiences brought us together. We both came out of addiction. So we both had a relational place, but I was running toward Jesus. Daryl wasn't ready. He was running away from Jesus. Desire is not enough. We came together with desire. Desire does not make you able to love. There's a very big difference. The desire to love is free. God gives everybody the desire to love because it's the greatest relationship component, but we have to become able to love. We were not able to love because of the wounds of the past. You take me, I'm a woman who had addiction issues. You take Daryl, who was a man who had addiction issues. He was famous. I was not, but I can tell you the brokenness is the same level at the foot of the cross. It's from betrayals. He was raised in a household that was very abusive. I was raised in a household of love, but abused by a neighbor across the way. We both had betrayals. What am I saying? It doesn't matter who you are. The devil's not up to anything different. He's up to harm you. He's up to steal, kill, and destroy. He's up to getting you away from God and away from Jesus. I started to recognize this. And in my anger and pain, I started running to Jesus, who would eventually heal my heart through the power of God and the process of change. Daryl kept running away. So we're trying to love each other, going in two different directions. We're trying to love being completely separated, going in two different directions. I'm chasing after Jesus, loving Jesus. I'm going to church on Sunday. He's going to the dope house. He's going to deal with whoever he wants to deal with because he's trapped in lust. So we suffered adulteries, addictions, losing everything financially. That's how we came together. We weren't equipped to love. But when I finally said yes to Jesus Christ and was sold out and kept going that way, I had to let go of Daryl and I had to let God because I was trying to change him. I was trying to rescue him. Surely he's going to see what a woman of God I am, what a great person I am. Surely he's going to know that because I stayed with him with all these women that he cheated on me with and all these other things, that he's going to see how great and wonderful I am. What am I doing? I'm compromising myself. And I'm not blaming Daryl because I was that same woman before I ever came to Jesus. Again, what is your makeup? What is your heart like? Is your heart healed? Is your heart whole? Are you able to love? Because if you're not healed, if you're not whole, if you're not living for Jesus, you will make yourself pay for the pain of the past. You will make each other pay talking about, I love you, I love you. But you're living out of control and cheating and lying and surfing around on the internet and doing all these secret things and all this secret sin. That's not secret at all. Why? Because it reveals itself. It shows itself. You can't run away from who you are. You are who you are. So when Daryl and I came together, we were broken. We were lost. I was headed with Jesus. He was headed away. It wasn't until he completely sold out and we came together as one in Christ. I'm not talking about perfect. I'm talking about saying, yes, God, we're going to do it your way. Jesus, you are the healer. You are the great almighty God. And you're the one that's going to get us straight. 
and you're going to help us and you're going to heal us. Yes, God, we're going to live according to your word. And let me tell you something. He healed us. He delivered us. We are crazy in love serving Jesus. I'm talking about getting out of $3 million in debt, overcoming adulteries, addictions, heartache, harm that we were hurting ourselves with. We came to Christ. We came close to him and he made us one. And it's the most powerful experience you could ever have. Yeah, that's such a really awesome picture of redemption. And sometimes our redemption doesn't look like that. But I think when we have stories that we can look at, that are kind of this more like dramatic story. It's like there's hope for even sometimes when we feel like we have like these deep, hidden, hard sins that it's like, well, you know, God can work in big ways, even for, you know, in a place that you might have thought, okay, well, we're never going to get back together and make this work because it's just not possible. And it's like, look what he's done with your life. And now both of your jobs are to go and like spread this story and spread who God is to people together. And I just think that's really powerful. And I love even going back to the title of your book, Courage to Heal, that even in that, that little like story that you just told there of you and Daryl, how much courage it took in every single step of that. I'm sure I'm just even picturing the heartbreak that you are going through as you're like, shoot, I want to love this man and it's not possible. But I'm like, Jesus is better than him and Jesus is more promising than him and Jesus is what I want to do. And so I'm just like, gosh, so much courage. And so I hope that everyone is hearing that today, that healing doesn't look like just like a passive thing that just comes. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of pursuit and it takes a lot of courage. And it's so cool that you have obviously found that and you have written this awesome resource. But just from that, what message are you hoping, biggest message that you just want to share with people today from your book or just your ministry in general? What do you want to leave people with hearing from you? Yes, that Jesus Christ is the healer. We have to run to him, but we also have to participate with God. So it is through the power of God and the process of change, through our partnership with God, that these miracles happen, that transformation happens. That's the biggest thing that I want people to hear. I detail it in the book. You talk about courage. People want to experience healing. They want to experience change. The reason why people can't do it is because those steps into your breakthrough, into your new way, cause more pain. So they don't make sense. We don't want to do it. It causes more pain, but those are actually healing steps out of the pain. So that's what I want people to know. It's like we have to run to Jesus. People, we got to get sold out for Christ. I'm not talking about just the confession of Christ. I know I'm talking about sold out, committed for Christ, living his way. That's the only way it can happen. We can only go so far as human beings. He created us to be powerful, but without him and without being sold out to him, oh my goodness. We miss everything that he has for us. Or we constantly live in this place where we don't feel fulfilled. We're constantly questioning. That's not the life Jesus wants you to live. He wants you to be empowered. But we have to partner with him and we have to do it his way. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing today. I think, you know, I'm just reflecting on, you know, you guys could have gone through all this and seen how God restored your lives and your marriage and all of these things, and you could have just kind of hidden it away. But I'm really thankful that you guys are sharing this story with people because I do believe that when we can hear other people's struggles and we can just hear their vulnerability and then how God has worked in that, it really does give power to say, okay, this can happen for me too. And so we really appreciate your time today and getting to hear a bit about your story. Thank Thank you. Thank you, ladies. My honor and privilege. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. 
And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.